Hello, welcome to the Business Edu podcast. I'm Fabio Oliveira and today's topic is CEO, Search Engine Optimization. I am here with Simon. Simon, thank you for your time. I know that you are a very busy person. <laughs> Never too busy for you, Fabio, and congratulations on such a great uh, time in the Reading Half Marathon. Um, yeah, yeah, thank so, you. <laughs> yeah, you, did, you did incredibly well. Yeah, thank you very much. Simon, uh, can you please introduce yourself properly and explain the meaning of search engine optimization? Sure. So I'll start with a little bit about me. I'm the founder of the UK's largest specialist SEO agency. We focus on one thing and one thing only, and that's SEO, and, and we do it obsessively. Um, my background isn't running agencies, though. Um, my background is working in-house for companies like uh, the Mail Online, DailyMail.co.uk, where I help take that business to overtake the New York Times as the world's number one English-speaking newspaper website, and then onto a company called Zoopla, where we went from zero to a one billion IPO in less than seven years, um, largely off the back of SEO. So when I left that business. We were doing around 16 million organic visits per month to that website um, via non-branded search, which represented about um, 60% of their overall traffic. So you, SEO was responsible for a, a 1 billion IPO is, is the story behind um, Zoopla. So um, I run a team of, uh, we're just over 50 people now uh, with ambitions to get to roughly 80 people by the end of um, 2022, and then we're going to internationalize the business thereafter. So we'll, we'll look beyond the shores of um, of the UK. Um, I, I've been practicing SEO since the 90s now. So I, I believe it or not, I predate Google. That's how much of a, a dinosaur I am um, in the world of SEO. Um, search engine optimization essentially is the practice of improving uh, websites and web pages for ranking within the organic results um, of search engines. So within most search engines, you have um, a, a clear difference between paid and organic listings. So that the free stuff is the organic, except it's, it's never free to appear there. You know, you've got to produce content um, to appear there, which comes at a cost. So, you know, it's, it's never free, but um, that's, that's sort of essentially the fundamentals of SEO is uh, the process of improving websites or web pages to appear more highly within the organic or natural results within search engines. Great, congratulations for the expansion of the business, no doubt with this progressing digitalization and digital transformation. And I think the pandemic contributed uh, a lot for the expansion of We've never seen it so busy. So we're now um, roughly 40% up year on year on 2020 and 2021. Um, so 2019, 2020 were on par with each other. We didn't see any growth in 2020, but in 21, we've seen, I say, a 40% growth. And I think there's lots of different things at play. You're right. Um, you know, we've got, uh, you know, the, the pandemic and um the digitization of brands and we're certainly seeing you know, huge amounts of interest from e-commerce companies more so than ever before. But I also think um, what happens uh, during the depths of the pandemic, so you know, 
um, April, May of, of 2020 was that most marketing uh, directors or marketing managers were told to stop spending money, to, to cut budget completely. And what that meant was it, it peeled back the onion on where what was actually effective for them in terms of um, traffic. And SEO is one of those things that you can invest in and it will pay dividends over time. Um, and I think companies realized when they when they stopped spending um, that, that actually SEO was still continuing to work for them. And, and we saw a lot of that. So customers coming to us saying, you know, thank God we invested when we did because we're still seeing SEO work for us, even though we're not spending any money on paid acquisition. Um, and, uh, you know, then then wanting to 5x, 10x on that opportunity. So, yeah, it, it helps in all sorts of ways. Yes. And you wrote a book as well about search engine optimization. It turns out to be number one in Amazon. Can you can you tell us about this book? Sure. So it's a book that focuses specifically on in-house SEO. So these are practitioners who are working within companies um, for them as opposed to an agency that's, um, that's helping them. So um, this comes from my own experience of working in-house. It can be a very lonely profession. So you often often the organization doesn't know what to do with you. Do you do you sit within the CTO or do you sit within the, the CMO? Um, is it a technical function or is it a marketing function? You know, and, and how do companies, um, uh, uh, you know, deal with uh, KPIs for you? You know, what are they supposed to track? You know, there, there's lots of questions like that at companies that they, they, they don't really know the answers to. And we're trying to solve that um, for companies as well in, in time through education and um, the book really was was a way for in-house practitioners to hear stories from other in-house practitioners about how they're they're getting success in the companies that they're working for um, and and yeah to let them know they're lot they're not alone that um, we all have the same common barriers and pain points and and how do we overcome those is always the challenge I'm glad that you said that and in practice then, what is the importance of uh, a CEO strategy and tactics for a company? So when you're thinking about a strategy, um, typically, you know, in, in the world of digital now, if you've got a strategy that's three years long, it's too long. Like no one's thinking three years ahead. I would say a strategy is the next six to 12 months in the world of digital now. So an SEO strategy might be, for instance, that you've got a, a North Star goal or we want to improve traffic and conversions by you know 100 year on year for instance and that's the that's the sort of strategic outcomes as it were but how are you going to get to that place and typically the strategy is is fairly um similar for most companies it tends to be content so you know even if you're a site with procedurally generated pages like a zoopla for instance um procedurally generated means database driven content um you need often more inventory to, to equal more traffic. So, you know, you need to onboard more estate agents, get more property listings, you know, that sort of thing. That's that's content, believe it or not. But it can also, of course, be written content, you know, so informational content um, would be really important to some of our customers like GoCardless. Um, I mean, they're, they're executing on content to the tune of around 500 articles per month um, around things like what is chaps, for instance, and trying to um, be the de facto answer for the kind of queries that their their customers are going to be typing into a, to a search engine. I'd say that the tactics of it are more about um, things like uh, incremental 
wins that you can get around things like site speed improvements, for instance, or um, improving your internal linking. There's lots of these sort of very tactical areas of SEO that on aggregate add up to big numbers, um, but, but they're all quite incremental in terms of gains. Yes, sometimes I feel a little bit challenge. I feel it's challenging both for small companies and medium companies to start with CEO. Is SEO is still for any company size or it's now more for medium to, to big corporations? Would, I mean, to, to give you some idea of, um, of, the, of the sort of numbers involved in SEO, um, if we think about uh, you know, how important is it that a company of any size is, is appearing in um, search results, the numbers are pretty staggering. So I think it's it's uh, over 50% of all trackable web traffic is coming from organic search. So if you're not doing SEO, you know, the question is, what are you leaving on the table? Um, and I think no matter how big or small you are, then you need to be making a start on SEO. Certainly, if you're a, if you're a small business, you've got um, things like Google My Business, which is just rebranded again, forgetting the name it's, it's been called now. But that's a, a free way for you to list your business within Google's um, local pack. Or, you know, if you, if you query something like um, plumbers in Reading, for instance, you'll see a map and then three results underneath. Those three results underneath is where you can um, essentially get your your organic visibility started by simply um, getting uh, into Google My Business, and that's just sort of um, you claiming your business and then filling out your 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 profile page, etc., um, making it rich and engaging. That's a start, anyway, with a, for a small for a, a small local business, is they can you can self service um, very easily. You know, getting your your business and visibility within Google um, for local results, anyway. Um, and I think that there's a, a large amount any business can do to begin with just to start with SEO. I mean, one of the fundamental factors of SEO is links, you know, right from the, the, the early days of Google when they weren't called Google, by the way, they used to be called Backrub. Um, and the idea was that, um, you know, links pointing into your website were a, a sign of authority or how well trusted you should be. So you can always work on links. I mean, Every time um, you're talking to a supplier or somebody asks you for a testimonial that they can put on your website, all of these conversations can, can sort of um, have something in there. You know, SEO is going to be really important to us. Could you make sure you're linking back to our website? So, you know, SEO touches all sorts of elements, but you can get started immediately with these sorts of things. And is, is the objective of a search engine optimization strategy to improve short-term sales performance? or long-term brand building? I, I ask them because as a practitioner, I have worked in the industry for many years, and this is this was a dilemma most of the time, you know, when you're thinking investments in digital, in digital marketing in general, but specifically when you invest in search engine optimization or, sure. or AdWords, you always have you always have the expectation of short-term objectives. This is still the case or is it, is it still possible to conv to persuade a CFO to to or an entrepreneur to invest thinking not only the short term but in, in the long term? I, I think most people are quite savvy nowadays. You know, they they understand that SEO is is a process that takes time. It's 
it's part art, part science. Um, and you know, in, if you're relying on it for your short-term sales performance and you're just starting out, that that's not a, a sensible approach. I think um, everybody knows it's it's nowadays a bit of, you know it's a medium to long-term play. Sometimes we can get results very quickly. If you're a domain, for instance, like um, I'll go back to the example of Go Cardless, where it's it's already a very well linked to domain, and then all you've got to do is produce content that's optimized for you know queries that people are typing in search engines that you can convert then um, it's very easy. You know, you, you can start to see results within two, three months. But um, if you're starting off, you know, with a brand new domain, for instance, um, you could be looking at 12 to 24 months before you'll, you'll start to see the impact of SEO, or, or at least, you know, you're starting to see some return on investment from SEO. I think in terms of brand building, I think that's always the ultimate goal. I mean, if you're, you know, you, you really don't ever want to be building a dependency on any particular channel for your marketing so you know if google for instance were to pivot tomorrow into um paid paid ads only no organic anymore um I mean, not that that's likely to happen but i'm just throwing it out there you really want to be um depending upon the fact that you've built a long-term brand over time and that you've you've moted yourself in the consumer's eyes for, for certain keywords so i think that that's the ultimate for us is when we've got customers who service a particular need and no matter what you type into search engine they're always there they're always there within the top three results for any particular query that's where you're building a brand you're you're moting um those particular keywords um and, and moting your position in the marketplace yes and i i wonder let's say that we are starting now myself as an entrepreneur i have a company and I want to start search engine optimization to build a strategy. How, how can I compete with my competitors that are already there, investing for, for some time? And what, what, what are the, the challenges that I, I, I must expect and how to, to overtake them? So you've only got three fundamentals with SEO. So you've got links, content, and technical SEO. And if you can understand what the gap is versus your competitors in those areas and what's that gap you've got to close, then that, that's a good indication of, of um, you know, what you've got to do in the short to medium term. I think um, there's also identifying where your competitors are weak, for instance. So there may be particular strands of keywords where none of your competitors are really performing very well in, but you think it's likely to lead to traffic that, that, that would then lead to conversions for you. That that's, that's an area that you can always look at is what are my competitors doing, but also what are they not doing? Um, so some simple SWOT analysis, for instance, um, should start to uh, unearth those kinds of opportunities for you. But um, there's some good tools out there which help you to understand, for instance, in terms of keywords where your competitors are performant where uh, that you aren't and you can use tools like um semrush for instance is, is pretty good ahrefs does the same sort of thing in terms of gap analysis on keywords anyway and does the ceo strategy needs to follow google algorithm updates because google is the is the market leader right in the search engine we have others but but google I don't know. You 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 must say this to us, but I see Google as the the main target to to follow. 
So what's the sure. best approach to this challenge of following? And they, they update regularly the Google algorithm, right? They do, yeah. how, how, how to follow that? Yeah, so in terms of market share, I mean, if you look at the US, North America, it's around um, 92% market share. So it's, it's, it's enormous. Um, similar sort of numbers in the UK as well. There are other search engines, but um, they're not really worth um, thinking about separately. I think if you if you think in terms of optimizing for Google, you you're you should be fairly agnostic in the sense of what what works for Google will work for most other search engines as well. You don't need to focus in a particular area. The only difference would be say like Bing, um, Bing have um, more of a lean nowadays to xml sitemaps for url discovery like there are certain nuances with, with certain search engines but in the main there's a kind of there's there's a way to approach seo that is agnostic you know it works for all search engines but but works particularly well with google now you, you're asking about how do you keep up with algorithmic updates and the truth is you don't you, you, the truth is you shouldn't have to at all so when google are making up algorithmic updates they're primarily or at least over the last few years been focused on on user experience. Now, whether that's things like HTTPS as a ranking signal, site speed, um, making sure that you're not using manipulative techniques, so you know buying links and uh, using PBNs and, and stuff that's, that's designed to try and trick search engines. Um, now, increasingly, we've got Google focused on things like um, uh, page experience. So that 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 that's an umbrella for things like Core Web Vitals. All of these things are quite incremental, by the way. They're, they're not going to seriously move the needle fundamentally um, on your website. It's going to be still the the, the 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 pillars of links, content, and technical. But but think about how do I become the best um, result for the user? And if you're the best result for the user, then you should be the best result for the search engine. So aim to be 10 times better than your competitor at answering a, any particular query with a page of content, you know, and if you can do that, then you know you're you're ninety nine percent of the way there. But but focusing on algorithmic updates is never helpful because algorithmic updates are really just just there to try and um, level the playing field more than anything else. Yes, and in order to make these definitions, this strategy, yeah, all the elements that makes part of the strategy. You need to have a keyword research as well. And I think this is a very, very, let's say, critical part of the job, isn't it? To find the correct keywords. What is the best approach to, to carry out this keyword research? Yeah, so it's hugely important. We spend um, typically for our customers about 10 days laboring keyword research on average anyway for, for every customer. Um, and, and we've gotten really good at it over time. So you can imagine if if you're trying to do this on your own, you need to dedicate a good two, three weeks just to keyword research. Um, and by keyword research, you want to be using tools like SEMrush. There's also long tail keyword research tools like KeywordTool.io, for instance, is, a, is one of those. Essentially, pull, pull in what we call a universe of keywords. So what are all the things I would ever want to rank for? And then try and group those keywords together. And by grouping them together, I mean um, you can group them together in terms of intent. So navigational, transactional, informational keywords, but you can also group them together by, by being similar 
you know like keywords and there's some tools like keywords um, grouper pro that helps you to do that to sort of cluster keywords together into to logical buckets because then that would help you decide what your information architecture for your website is um, is so keywords lead to information architecture and information architecture is also critical so where do categories and subcategories appear on the website how does content link to those categories and subcategories it, we, we see a lot still of um, particularly startups who who create a blog for SEO and um, it, none of it is is grouped together in any meaningful way whatsoever it's just literally creating content and then all of it dying a death through pagination page one two three four etc but you want to have keywords which are grouped together and show that you have a an expertise and a depth of content on, on uh, in any whatever your particular focus area is so in this sense keywords works like a connection a, a, a connection between between your content different contents that you create on the internet and publish on the internet and your search engine strategy correct so if we take a commercial query like um, public liability insurance which is um, about 60 percent of a 400 million pound business called simply business they're the uk's biggest business insurer so they've got this huge dependency on this one keyword public liability insurance so um if you have a look at their public liability insurance page it's a good example of best in class optimization because the, the page itself optimized for public liability insurance also leads to lots of other pages of content about things like what is public liability insurance separate page of content do i need public public liability insurance public liability insurance for paints and decorators all of these peripheral terms which all link back to the public liability insurance main page but demonstrate that it's got a real depth of, of um, content around this one particular area which is hugely important to them and if you take that approach which is sometimes called um, the pillar page approach or hub and spoke um, the different terminology for this same kind of idea is that you know you're, you're demonstrating that you've got a real um, breadth and depth of, of content in a particular area then then Google and other search engines will reward you for that yes um, the technology keep keep progressing and evolving now we have the progress of artificial intelligence machine learning I just concluded a, a PhD research on the impacts of digital technologies on decision making and I am, I am pretty sure that in this field of search engine optimization, it has an impact as well. How, how is machine learning changing the search engine optimization strategy and implementation? Is that changing somehow or not? Yeah, I mean, in terms of machine learning, we're utilizing ML for things like um, keyword clustering or keyword grouping. Um, so, you know, that's that's taking away quite a bit of the the manual effort in you know in grouping keywords together would be one application of it i think in terms of um ai we're, we're seeing um big improvements there in terms of what you know gpt3 is promising us as a as a future in the sense of um you know we, we will probably get to the stage within the next uh, three to five years where uh, machine generated content and human written content are indistinguishable uh, and Google have even said that you know they've got a section in the webmaster guidelines which says that 
um, they, you know, that they're against machine generated content and they, they're thinking about removing that completely because what's the point in having it there if they're, they're unable to distinguish between the two. So I think in terms of keyword research, content generation, um, probably quite a bit of technical SEO as well. All of these areas will be answered by ML and AI. And I think the bit that we're with, you know, humans definitely are still needed for is in the more creative areas of SEO. So, you know, thinking about um, creative ideas of, of how to tackle certain challenges, then um, you, you still need a human brain for that. Oh, definitely. We, we always need the man and the human brain in between. And I, I was wondering as well if he, he, is there some difference between establishing this, the SEO for, let's say, laptops, desktops, and mobile. Is, is there any difference? Be, I think in mobile, I use myself voice, so I can do voice search. Is that change something in, in the strategy and the execution? They are different or they can be the same and just adapt one to the other? Well, when, when Google's assessing a website now, it's looking at the mobile version of your website. So if you've got um, separate M dot um, URLs um, or you've got a response, most sites now have got responsive design. Um, they're looking at the mobile version of the website, not the desktop version. So you want to make sure that your content is the same on uh, content and links are the same on mobile as they are on your, your desktop device. Um, it depends on the query as well. I mean, um, you know, certain, I would say higher ticket items tend to tend to, to have searches and conversions on desktop versus mobile. Um, so it, it depends on on the, on any particular query whether people are searching more on mobile than they are on desktop. But in terms of making sure that your website is optimized, you need to make sure that the mobile version of your website is is um, is is optimal because that's the one that Google are crawling and indexing. In terms of voice search, I think that the challenge with voice search is that um, uh, while Google are very keen on you know driving forward voice search, I think. Voice search is never going to work um, long term unless it can start to maneuver towards conversational search. And by that, I mean that um, at the moment, voice searches isn't monetizable. So um, when you query a device like, uh, you know, your, your Amazon Echo, for instance, and you say, um, what's the latest headlines? That content is being produced freely, right? But that's unsustainable. We can't just continue to produce content freely there has to be a way to monetize it. And that's the bit that's missing from voice search at the moment, because without the monetization, the whole ecosystem falls to pieces. So, um, and, and I, I, you know, I also think that, you know, there, there are always going to be queries, which I, I'm not happy to be audible. You know, I don't want my wife knowing I'm thinking about booking a holiday for the family. Um, you know, in, in, you know, if it's a surprise, um, you know, I've, I've got to make it audible. It's a, there are certain queries that um, you you would want to keep typing. Um, you know, while she's watching television in the evening, I, I wouldn't you know want her to be interrupted by me shouting at the the, the Amazon device either. But um, the big challenge is how do you monetize voice search? Because if you can't monetize it, it falls to pieces completely. And that's the problem with it is that the search engines just haven't thought about this. They're they're very keen on disintermediating publishers um, 
And by that, I mean they're, they're happy to steal their content, but they, they don't think about, well, what's the long-term effect of that? That's the real problem. Yes. Well, it's it's something new, progressing. I think we will we'll 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 see some some changes in the future. So coming back to, to a more more let's say daily routine activity, which in my opinion is a must do. What what is what is the most important CEO key performance indicators that we need to track and why? Yeah, there's only one, which is conversions. I mean, ultimately, um, rankings, traffic, all of these things should lead to conversions. Now, whether that's a sign up to a newsletter or, you know, an item um, hits the, the, the shopping cart, whatever it might be, conversions are, are absolutely key. So all, all, all traffic rankings, they should all lead to conversions. And now, as an executive, I always make this question, right? How can we develop a, a search engine strategy that can dominate its, my competition? <laughs> yeah? How can I be better than my competition in Google or in other search engines? So I can talk to you about a technique that we employed at Zoopla, which was very, very aggressive. Um, so we did lots of acquisitions um, at Zoopla. We, we acquired businesses like Up My Street, Finder Property, Globricks, and we redirected those domains into Zoopla. So what we did was we, we essentially bought the competition and then redirected their domains into to Zoopla, which essentially transferred um, the ranking benefit from those domains into one particular domain. And then with some sites, we kept, the, um, kept them around to create a moat. And by a moat, I mean if you anything you type into Google related to property search, like property for sale in Leeds, for instance, you should see Zoopla and Prime Location both ranking within the top three results. And um, the reality is that Zoopla and Prime Location are both the same. They're both owned by the same, you know, owner. So this idea of moating is essentially, you know, your castle is is your main domain. And you can use other domains to create a moat of water around that main domain to, to stop invaders from coming in. So I would say that's an example of a very aggressive um, strategy where uh, you, you're essentially trying to, to ensure that competitors have no chance of getting visibility. Yeah. Yes. It's a conquest strategy. Good one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We are reaching the end. Uh, thank you again for your time. Your contributions were great. I think my audience will love it. Uh, but I have one last one. One last question. Yeah. What What are your views about the future of this the SEO? Is SEO? We 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 talk about that. It's not only for big corporations, but will in the future SMEs is still shine on this on this field or do you think will be something definitely uh, for the big corporations because it it takes a lot of skills now to do that dedication you know you, you need to have a specific budget for that definitely what are your thoughts about that um I think that the future is always bright for SEO and the reason being that nothing beats it in terms of intent. So you've got people typing in keywords into a search engine which tell you what they're looking for, right? So 
you just don't get that with other um, with other things. I mean, uh, social media is is good. I mean, it, it you it can do it can predict what your what your likely next thing will be that you're interested in, but nothing beats the user saying this is what I'm interested in right now. Um, and and I think that's why the future for search engine optimization is always going to be good because you know um, people are typing directly those queries in you know telling you exactly what they're looking for and the intent behind them whether that's informational content or transactional or they want to navigate to to a particular brand or website so i think um, yeah the future looks um, very bright for it and, and i think in terms of accessibility you, you may see that the, the the barriers to entry start to come down more and more as, as you say um fabio as we start to be able to leverage more ml and ai to help out in that area the the barriers to entry may come down significantly as well yes great again thank you again the 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 link for buying your book will be there available there the link for your company's website as well and i trust the audience benefit big deal uh, from your experience, from your statements and and guidance. Yeah. Thank you again, Simon. It was very good to, to talk to you. Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> it's been a real pleasure, Fabio. Thank you so much.